Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. Today, I have good news for you because we're going to begin a discussion on the gospel. And the gospel is good news, but not just any good news. It is specifically good news about redemption. And through redemption, we find salvation. We find hope, a sure hope that has an eternal kingdom consequence. That through redemption, we will be in the kingdom of God and know the blessings of God and the promises of God forever and ever. As I said, there's no better news than the gospel. And the gospel begins with the birth of Messiah. Take out your Bible and look with me to Luke's gospel and chapter 2. Now, Luke is going to give us an account concerning the birth of Yeshua, and he is going to give us great detail. Secondly, we need to always remember something. When we open up the scripture, we see chapters and verses. In the original text, there were no chapter citations nor verse references. And one of the things that's good about that is this. We would read something and we would see a closer connection between what was said and what's going to be said. And what do I mean by that? Well, last week we concluded chapter 1. And many times we begin a new chapter and we forget what was just said. And we read last week about John the Baptist, that he was in the wilderness, the deserts. Now, whenever that word appears in the Bible, desert or wilderness, it's that Hebrew word midbar. That term for wilderness or desert has to do with dependence. Anytime it's mentioned in the scripture, it conveys to the reader a message of trusting God, believing in God, being dependent upon God, leaning upon God. And here's what we find. That is the last thing that is mentioned in chapter 1. And when we begin chapter 2 concerning the birth of Messiah, Luke wants us to know that Messiah came into this world for those who understand their dependence upon God. Without God, there's no hope. Without his redemption, without God rescuing us, and how did he do that? This eternal son of God. He entered into this world, taking upon himself human flesh through the incarnation, by means of that conception through the Holy Spirit, that God might redeem humanity. Now, the offer 
and the potential is for all the world. Now, we know that because the scripture tells us, for God so loved the world. Elsewhere, that same John tells us that he died not only for our sins, meaning believers, but for the sins of the world. So this message of redemption is a very broad one, being offered to all people, but hear this. It's a very narrow message. It is very specific. It's only, only through what Messiah, what Jesus Christ did upon that cross, shedding his blood, giving his life, and that being confirmed as acceptable to God because God raised him from the dead. It all begins with the birth of Messiah. He entered into this world because there was no other way. Humanity was dependent upon this, this one. This means through the work of Yeshua. So look with me to that second chapter of the Gospel of Luke. Notice how it begins. But it came about in those days. Now that first word, but, shows a a contrast. Now, there's a a uniting of John being in the wilderness, that message of dependence, but we're moving on to a related issue, but one that is different. So it says in verse 1, but it came about in those days that a decree, literally the Greek word dogma, a decree went forth from Caesar Augustus. Now, here we see something. We see that Caesar being all the way where? In Rome. And Rome, in this time, was the empire that was ruling over the world. And the fact that Caesar and the Roman Empire is alluded to tells us something. What we're reading about in Luke chapter 2 has implications for all the world. Notice what it says. This came about, this decree from Caesar Augustus. And what was it? That all the world should be registered, meaning that there should be a census taken. Now, because of this census, all the world was was affected by that. And this is to tell the reader that the birth Messiah is placed within this context. Why? Because his birth affects all the world. It can bring a change. What type of change? A redemptive change. Now, one of the things that we need to remember is that marriage, marriage is a redemptive covenant. It has within the parameters of marriage a redemptive aspect. There is something paid, and we see a transfer. That woman who belonged to one family becomes now, because of redemption, that payment, she becomes a member, a new member of a different family. We see that she enters into a relationship with her husband, but also she becomes part of a new family. There's a transition. And in that same way, through the redemptive work of Messiah, 
you and I become part of a new family, the family of God. So all of this is being constructed in a way to teach us these principles. So all the world should be registered. And then look at verse 2. This this decree, this registering, first took place when Quirinius was governing Syria. Now, again, we see something, historical fact. When we look at this, we know that there was a Caesar Augustus. We know in history about this census. And notice that we're given a very specific time reference when Quirinius was governing Syria. So all of this conveys to you and me, the reader, that this is historical. That's the reason for it being written down in this manner. This decree that went forth from Caesar Augustus in the days that that Quirinius was governing over Syria. Historical fact that can be proven so we know the timing, the timing for the birth of Messiah. Now look at verse 3. It says, All went forth to be registered, each one into his own city. Now, again, everyone's life was going to be altered by this, this census. No matter where you were, you had to go back to your historical city. And this is going to reveal something very important because there's going to be an emphasis on one family. And this family has already been discussed. We're talking about a woman named Miriam, oftentimes in English called Mary, but her Hebrew name, because she is indeed Jewish, is Miriam. And if you look at it in the Greek text, it says just that Miriam, it doesn't say Mary. And also in this passage of Scripture, we see that that this one that we're going to speak of, he went up from the Galilee. Galilee, what should come into our mind? A revealing of something. And we're going to see how God is at work in fulfilling his covenantal promises. So this one also, now look at verse 4, but Joseph also went up from Galilee into a city, Nazareth. Now, Nazareth, we need to understand that it is derived not from the same word as the Nazarene vow. Many people think that Yeshua, he had long hair because he was a Nazarene. This is false. The scripture doesn't say that. The scripture says he was from Nazareth, is the way we say it in Hebrew. So it has nothing to do, it's a different spelling. It has nothing to do with that that vow that one would take not to cut their hair. It's a different spelling, a different word. And this term, Nazareth, also has prophetic implication. That is the town of Nazareth because it's formed from a word that speaks about a shoot. That is kind of a twig that goes forth from a stump. 
and we know the prophecy concerning Messiah that there's going to be a netzer, a, a shoot, a twig that goes forth from the stump of Jesse. And who was Jesse in Hebrew? Yeshai. He was the father of King David. Why is that important? Well, look again at our text, verse 4. But also Joseph went up from Galilee. He was leaving there in Galilee, in this city of Nazareth. But where did he go? Into Judea. Into that land that was given to the tribe of Judah. Why? Well, even though he was living in Galilee, his heritage was from the tribe of Judah. And not only from the tribe of Judah, which is a messianic tribe, we know that from Genesis 49 and verse 10, but notice what else is said here. Into the city of David. Now we're dealing with the family of David, King David. Why is that important? Because this is the messianic lineage. And it says, he went to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. And we know prophetically in Micah, for example, chapter 5 in your Bible, probably verse 2, but in the Hebrew, it's verse 1, same verse, just a different number. It speaks about how God is going to do something mighty in Bethlehem. And what is that? Just what we're reading about, that the Messiah will be manifested. He will have a connection with that city, Bethlehem, because of David. We know that Messiah is the son of David, meaning of that same family. So God is at work. Prophetically, Messiah had to be born in Bethlehem. And therefore, God allowed, brought about, however you want to think of it. But for this birth, there was this census. This census impacted the world just like the birth of Messiah impacts the world. But it also caused Joseph, who was content living in the north of Israel in Galilee in that city of Nazareth to have to get up and go to Bethlehem, the city of his heritage. Why? Well, just keep reading. It says that, that through him being in this, this household from the household and the family of David. So because he was of not just of the tribe of Judah, but also being from the family of King David, that's his heritage. He had to go back to the city of David, that is Bethlehem. Now, Bethlehem is also known in the account of Ruth, that, that book of Ruth. And we know that through a very important commandment that we read about in Deuteronomy 25, that, that Boaz, through what's known as being the Redeemer, he married this woman, Ruth. And through them came about a child named Ovid, which means a servant, one who works. And through this one came eventually Yeshai, the father of David, and the Messianic lineage was established. And now we're going to see the fulfillment of what God had promised. 
that a redeemer would visit the people in order to bring about a change a change offered to the world a redemptive change and redemption relates to salvation that through this one we can have victory a kingdom victory and a kingdom victory is the best victory to have to be in the kingdom of god forever and ever and ever it only comes through redemption notice what the scripture says now in verse 5 to be registered with and we have again miriam that is mary and who was married to to yosef well it says the woman who had betrothed been betrothed to him now that's important miriam is the woman who had been betrothed to him and betrothal and we talked about this betrothal makes them legally married and if they wanted to get a divorce there would have to be that divorce decree now we know joseph he considered that but god through revelation through a dream moved joseph not to do that and therefore he took her to himself but he did not know her intimately until after there was the birth of yeshua and this is going to be attested to here in this passage as well so look again verse 5 in order to be registered meaning agree to be part of that census with miriam who was his wife having been betrothed to him and she being with child now this being with child was through the holy spirit we're going to see this one miriam even though she's married even though she's pregnant she had never been with a man she conceived not in normal means but rather through the holy spirit she was a virgin until after yeshua was born and that's what we're going to focus in on it says that she was his betrothed wife and it says she being with child verse 6 and it came about while they were there where were they in bethlehem it came about while they were there that the days were fulfilled for her to give birth now do you see the marvelous aspect of god god arranged he either used circumstances or caused those circumstances for joseph to get up and go to bethlehem his historical city in order that he would be registered there according to roman law in that location and while he was there not by chance but by the providence of god it says the days were fulfilled now god knows everything god had gabriel go to miriam and speak about how she was going to conceive by the holy spirit she says how can i be with child never knowing a man well 
Gavriel answered that question. The Holy Spirit will give you conception. And that's why she's with child. And that's why at that perfect timing, what do we know? We know that she's in the prophetic place, Bethlehem. According to that prophecy in Micah chapter 5, for her to give birth. Now remember something. We are told earlier on in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, that she found herself having conceived in the sixth month. That is the sixth month on the biblical calendar. And therefore, we know something. See, the Romans, they did not want to to cause problems for the Jewish people. And that's why, for the most part, they allowed the Israelites to worship as they wanted to. In fact, the the governor of Judah would even participate at Passover as a token of friendship, releasing one prisoner for the sake of, of the Passover holiday, keeping with what Passover speaks of, and that is being set free. So it is absolutely an impossibility that they would have this census going on and someone would have to go up during a festival time so many people teach that that yeshua was born among the messianics they teach many of them during the feast of tabernacles false there's no way that joseph who was a righteous man who was serious about the word of god the commandments of god would violate the torah and be in bethlehem rather than in jerusalem for the feast of tabernacles No, he wasn't born during the Feast of Tabernacles. We know he wasn't born in the wintertime either. This December 25th has nothing to do with the true birth of Messiah. When would he have been born? In the late spring. And there's many pieces in the scripture of evidence to show us that is the right time. We'll come to those in the future. But for our purpose now, notice what it says. And it came about while they were there that the days were fulfilled for her to give birth. Verse 7, our last verse. And she gave birth to, and notice this, to her firstborn son. Now, it doesn't say their firstborn son. Usually when we speak about the firstborn It's in regard to the husband, but not here. The woman takes precedent. It is being emphasized that this son that's born, Joseph, had nothing to do with it biologically. Rather, it was through the Holy Spirit using the womb of Miriam for Messiah to enter into this world to do in the future his work of redemption. So it's very important that we see here. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. And what did she do? Very typical. And she placed upon him swaddling clothes and she laid him in the manger. Now, that's odd. Laying in a manger. A manger, and if you visit Israel, and I hope you do. You will be taken. You will see what a manger is. 
It is a feeding trough for animals where you can put grain for them to eat or sometimes water. It's never made of wood, but rather it's made of stone. And what we see here is because, and we're going to be told this, just keep reading. It says, and she laid him in the manger. Why? Because there was no room for them, no place for them in the inn. That word means in the lodging place, like a motel. There was no place for them. Why? So many people had visited Bethlehem because of the census. Where were they? Outside. They were in an a animal stall. That's why the manger was there, a feeding trough for animals, food or water. And she laid him there. Now that speaks of his humility. It speaks of also prophetically, no room for him, that he is going to be rejected. When we look at the various pieces of evidence that the scripture gives us, the scripture informs us so much about him. Yes, he's from the tribe of Judah. Yes, he's from the family of David. Yes, he was born in Bethlehem. And let me just simply say, when you look at all the events that had to be because of prophecy fulfilled, it is so marvelous, spectacular, that, that, that Yeshua fulfills all of these prophetic things concerning the timing, the place, the family, all of this. And this tells us that God is believable. What he says, he will keep. And in order for these things to be fulfilled, the whole world was impacted. The whole world had to be registered in this census. And again, what is the message? Very straightforward one. The birth of Messiah has implications for the world. His birth should interrupt your life. His birth should cause you to think about God. Think about God's providence, God's power, God's purposes, and the fact that God is a redeeming God. God moved the entire world in order that his word will be fulfilled. And let me share with you, not only in regard to Messiah's first coming was everything fulfilled, but also when he returns at the end of the age in order to establish his kingdom, all those prophecies also, in fact, must be fulfilled. And God's going to do just that. He is going to fulfill all the prophecies left to be fulfilled when Messiah returns when he returns at the time of the blessed hope for believers, and then when he comes the second time, specifically to save that remnant of Israel. God is always faithful. And what's the message for us? Well, remember how this birth of Messiah began the context, and what was it? John the Baptist was in the desert. That speaks about dependence, trusting, relying and that's my message to you. If you want eternal life, if you want God working in your life today, then you must depend upon the gospel. The only means given to men 
by which we can be saved and have victory. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Thank you.